Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community, fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. This podcast is brought to you in part by the estate of Bob Nelson. Bob was a lover of all things San Diego and a longtime supporter of Voice of San Diego and its podcasts. We at Voice of San Diego are honored to have his support during his lifetime and continued support through his estate planning. Join culture creator Ramel Wallace, museum CEO Micah Parson, philanthropist Erwin Jacobs, and urban agriculturist Diane Moss on season two of Stop and Talk, a podcast about the future of the San Diego region. How can we create a vibrant region that celebrates our cultural richness and economic strength? Find out and hear other San Diego experts on Stop and Talk. Discover seasons one and two now at stopandtalkpodcast.com. That's stopandtalkpodcast.com. San Diego 101. From Voice of San Diego, I'm Maya Krishnan, And I'm Adriana Heldes. In the summer of 2020, San Diego's city budget process exploded. Those protesters across the country call to defund the police. San Diegans weighed in on the city council's budget meeting. The marathon session had hundreds of calls from citizens. Many After 12 hours of public comment, many asking for the city council to cut the budget for the San Diego Police Department. Good evening. Calls of folks calling in for public comment. The biggest takeaway was the amount of people asking to defund the police. I'm calling to urge city council not only to reject mayor Faulkner's police budget, um, but to begin taking steps to completely defund and disband SDPD as well. That summer was electric. It was just months after the killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Protests swept across the country and the world. People were amped up after the pandemic lockdowns. And now they were out demanding justice for people who were killed by police and pushing back against racism. Brianna Taylor with Ahmaud Arbery. Ellis died in police. There was a demonstration in every major city, including San Diego. Calls for change. Black Lives Matter. Defund the police. I attended several of the protests that were happening throughout the county. And it was definitely like nothing I've experienced before. I went to a protest that happened in downtown San Diego that was considered one of the biggest protests in recent history. The streets were packed from sidewalk to sidewalk with people on the streets with signs demanding justice. It was during some of the hottest days of the summer and people were masked to protect themselves from the pandemic. But that still didn't deter them from coming out and speaking out about some of the issues that our country has frankly ignored for centuries. With the massive interest in racial reckoning, there was also a lot of attention on the police and defunding them. To the police, 
but decrease, if not outright defund the budget. I'm calling on the rejection of Mayor Faulkner's proposal to increase the police budget. This budget is racist. Increase police. The beginning of the summer is also when the San Diego City Council sets its budget for the next 12 months. So a lot of people had to learn about this complicated city process, and they had to do it fast before the council held its final budget meeting, before the mayor signed off on it, which finalizes a lot of the city operations for the future. We were in the final stretches of the budget process, which not only decides how much money the police department gets, but also libraries, street repairs, clean water, a lot of important things packed into a massive spreadsheet that adds up to about $4.5 billion. But at that time, the loudest cries from the public were about the police department budget to slash it. The problem was, a lot of people didn't know how it worked. Residents from La Mesa, an entirely different city, were calling into the council meeting for the city of San Diego, demanding things from people who didn't represent them. And I'm a resident in Carlsbad, California. I'm calling to request that you reject any increase to the police funding and redistribute those funds to the community. Decrease the police budget by $100 million, including... People scrambled to find out who their representatives were, what district they lived in, when the budget happens, what number to call or email address to use to try to get involved. They were rushing headfirst into this big, crazy web of local government, where different agencies overlap. The police budget didn't get cut. It grew a little bit, like it did the years before. But the problem is still important. If you want to keep up with local news or get involved in your community and make a big difference, you have to know the difference between city governments and the county government. In this episode of San Diego 101, City versus County Government, we're going to start small at the city level right after the break. Average people are not thinking about how a government works. They're concerned about making sure that they've got a good job, that they're taking care of their families, and when they get off of work, they're making sure that their kids are fed and bathed and put to bed and making their own dinner and involved with this whole world of things that are so far removed. Like, I was a reporter for a good chunk of time covering cities. And before joining the city of San Diego, and I work with people across the region, but it's still, I'm learning new things all the time. Adrian teaches me stuff about how intergovernmental play happens all the time. It's huge. It's complicated. Like, that's the beauty of our democracy and, like, having these different agencies that do different things. That's Jen LeBron. She's now a former staff member for the city of San Diego. When we spoke to her, she was the director of communications. And the other voice in there is Adrian Granda. Yeah, so I currently work at the city of San Diego as the director of government affairs. I manage the uh, legislative program at the federal, state, and local levels. Um, So yeah, that's what I do. He does a lot of things for the city. But for our purposes, he's like a government guru. He knows how everything works together and has worked at the city level and the county level. So personally, I I do think that, you know, the mayor um, tends to kind of resonate more you know, when, when folks think of local government, folks tend to think of their mayor and when they want to get something done, right, when they think about local government. So I definitely think that's true. 
I grew up in Chula Vista, and for a while, I used to think that former Bayer Bob Filner represented my area. But that's not the case. The city of Chula Vista has its own elected mayor and its own city council. And honestly, I think a lot of people often get that confused. I don't think it's just me. And it is confusing when it comes to who's in charge of what in local government. Yeah, so let's start there. The mayor and the city. The city is responsible for a lot of things. We talked about police, but they're also in charge of transportation, water, trash removal. They pave your roads. They have law enforcement and police to keep people safe. They um, issue permits for buildings uh, and you know designate uses like uh, restaurants, commercial, office space. Really that bread and butter kind of um, constituent service type of services are usually done by a city. Those are some of the basic functions a city needs to be a legit city. And the people at the very top who keep all of that going are the mayor and the San Diego City Council. So let's put some schoolhouse rock music here. There are nine city council members, each represent different parts of the city called districts. If you live in the city of San Diego, you can do a quick Google search and see the person who lives in your area and is supposed to listen to you and be your representative when the city makes decisions. And the mayor is the boss of the city, the chief executive. They oversee most of the city employees. And because San Diego has a system called the strong mayor system, the mayor has veto power over the city council. So the city council could vote on something like the city budget to say that the San Diego Police Department will only get $100 million instead of $600 million. And if they don't have enough members to overpower the mayor, then the mayor can just veto that vote and it won't happen. Yes, that's called a veto. We said before that when it came to cutting police funding in 2020, a lot of people were confused. They called to the wrong place, essentially. People in La Mesa were calling to San Diego to cut the La Mesa police budget, but they should have been calling the La Mesa City Council. So another important thing to know is San Diego is just one city. And in the county of San Diego, there are 18 cities. City, county. The city of San Diego is just one of 18. Others include Chula Vista, National City, Oceanside. The county contains all 18, plus other big chunks of land called unincorporated areas. So Maya, what are unincorporated areas? So unincorporated areas in San Diego County include places like Fallbrook or Alpine or Bonita. Um, Essentially, they are places that are not part of cities, so they just belong to the county. Got it. So who represents them if they don't have like a mayor or a city council? County supervisors. So the first thing to do if you're going to get involved in local government or step up your game for voting or just start keeping up with the news, you have to figure out which city you live in and who is your district representative. I think it's important because if you want your community to get better, if you're concerned about the quality of schools or the quality of roads, why you might not have as many parks, understanding who controls you know, those programs, who can actually help you make some change. I think that's why it's helpful for, for folks to understand what level of government does what 
If you understand who's making those decisions, who's programming those dollars, uh, who's running those programs, I think that's the opportunity for the public to say, hey, if I want that park finally built because there's all these houses, but we really want you know a beautiful park for our kids to go to, um, understanding that that's the city. Or if you live in an unincorporated county, that's the county. Uh, but if you want you know, more investment in behavioral health issues, then that's squarely the county, regardless of where you live. Now, we're going to go bigger, to the next level of local government, the county, right after the break. Let's start at the county, which does have the Department of Health and Human Services, and you've seen them so active just in the last year and a half with with the pandemic. Um, But one of their responsibilities is the health and wellness of the general citizenry, and that includes everyone that calls himself a resident here. It doesn't matter if they're they're housed or not. Um, That said, there are certain roles for cities to play, you know, ensuring folks are housed. That's Marshall Anderson, who's worked for both the city and the county government. One of the big things he says the county does that's unique to the county is public health. Constantly changing and sometimes contradictory orders came from national, state, and local health officials, which Dr. Wilma Wooten, San Diego's public health officer, had to explain and defend despite often harsh criticism. What I tried to do was... When the pandemic hit, people who worked for the county were suddenly under the spotlight and on the nightly news. And a lot of people started paying attention to county supervisors and what they had to say. Now, the County Board of Supervisors were also scheduled to vote on CARES Act funding today for thousands of businesses across the county who have faced financial hardship during this pandemic. Um, Probably the biggest part of the county's budget every year is its health and human services budget. And that includes uh, uh, social programs like CalFresh, CalWorks, um, they actually are a huge way by which people uh, access um, uh, health care. Uh, and then it certainly includes a really hot topic that a lot of folks are interested in, rightfully so, uh, behavioral health and behavioral health services. Uh, so those are all uh, done by the county. And recently with the pandemic, you know, the county has played a very large role, right, with um, public health. That's right. Uh, within the Health and Human Services Department, you know, there's a whole public health function of epidemiology, tracking public health concerns, uh, and those doctors and those scientists, they, they reside within the county government. The county has a regulatory role and responsibility to coordinate with cities uh, and make sure that they're meeting the obligations to public health on a greater level through meeting that. So let's take a look at the county and talk about who is who and who does what. Kind of similar to the city, the county has a few people who represent different sections of the county. They're called county supervisors. There are five of them for five different districts. But unlike the city, there's no mayor, no boss who can veto stuff. But there is this job that moves between the supervisors. It's called the chair of the board of supervisors. Right now, it's supervisor Nathan Fletcher. He leads meetings and sets agendas. There's also a big job at the county called the Chief Administrative Officer. They oversee more than 50,000 employees and the $7 billion budget. Like Adrian said, in that massive budget, the biggest share goes to health and human services. So pandemic response, food assistance, homelessness response, Medicaid, things like that. 
And just like with the city council, the county also has open meetings for the public to call in or show up and talk about the budget. That happens in June. When we were talking to people who have worked in local government and can explain a lot of the complex connections between agencies, the biggest, most important pieces were the city and the county. And they say that they learn new things all the time. Adrian, who works in the mayor's office, said it took him a long time to feel like he really got a handle on it. Probably a good um, like three to four years, I'd say, while working in local government. So saturated in it day to day, right? Um, it, but even today, I, I learn about new JPAs. You know, uh, it's a joint powers authority. So it's another mechanism by which governments can band together and, you know, all approve through their governing bodies and agreements, you know, uh, so that they can agree to work together on one issue. San Diego Park has a JPA, so it's various government agencies to come together. But you should know that even if you're not going to be able to have an eye on grasp on all the layers of local government, start with the basic distinction, the city and the county. Hit up your city council member or county supervisor's office and go from there. Why would it be important for residents to know that sort of difference? Um, even if, like, let's say they don't want to get involved in local government, right? Why is it so important to know that? I think it's important if you want to hold your government accountable and you want to see change. So I think there is probably a level of involvement um, uh, and desire that the, the constituent should feel if they want to you know, get engaged in that way. I think if you want change, you need to know who's making, who's in charge of that issue. While you can always uh, let your council member know, let your mayor know, uh, if there's a state issue or a county issue or an issue with another level of government, uh, if you really want to influence that decision, if you really want to advocate with your strongest voice, I think folks are well served to understand what level of government is making that decision. It might also help folks understand why the decisions are being made like they are. SD101 Credits. San Diego 101 is a product of Voice of San Diego. Hosted and produced by Maya Krishnan and Adriana Heldes. Produced, edited, and mixed by me, Nate John. Additional support from Megan Wood. Learn more about San Diego and how it works at sd101.org. That's sd101.org. San Diego 101 is made possible with support from the Langler Benbow Foundation, the Parker Foundation, and the Seuss Foundation. Additional support from Gulper, Sullivan, Rivera, and Osuna, and Bloodhurst and O'Reardon, LLC, and the members of Voice of San Diego. Support SD101 and become a member now at vosd.org slash member. San Diego 101 and transmission. I love you.